Well, I, want, I don't want to say happy 2024. I want to say, uh, are you blessing 2024? Are you doing that? And I just extend to you a, the blessing in the new year. Um, resolutions are, are meaningless. Uh, uh, I would encourage you to live your life by the word. But uh, as we get started, I just want to minister for a minute. Is that okay? Um, I just want to say thank you to uh, pastors Marlon and, and Michelle for stewarding and managing the kingdom with such integrity and honor. And um, if, you, if you go to First Chronicles 4, you can go later, but you'll see that how many know the prayer of Jabez? Remember that? That was pretty popular uh, about 10 or 12 years ago, the prayer of Jabez. Well, a lot of people know the prayer of Jabez, but I want you to know what provokes the prayer of Jabez in the life of the believer, and it's, it's honor. Honor initiates the extension of territory in the kingdom. And if you go and you read it, you'll see that, that it says of Jabez that he was more honorable. He was more honorable than his siblings. And you see, we're, we're a, a, a multi-site church. Uh, we stretch across 70 miles of territory uh, along the coast of Lake Erie, um, four locations but one church, one vision, and that is to pursue the presence of Jesus with, with a heart that seeks only Jesus. So, so it takes a lot of courage. I say this because it takes a lot of courage to lead that way in a postmodern world that wants you to... Um, do a bunch of foolishness. It takes a lot of discipline to and and uh, 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 trust in Jesus to say that Jesus will be our only pursuit as we gather in fellowship together, because uh, the temptation is to rely upon talent and ability. And, and uh, algorithmic uh, equations say, if we do this, then we know that we can produce this. Uh, it's harder to be a church that walks together in fellowship authentically and says that the, the presence of Jesus is our highest pursuit. Because it takes deep trust to say, We're not going to put anything together intentionally. We're going to trust Jesus. So, if Jesus, so, so the presence of Jesus, if the presence of Jesus is our priority, then we don't have to worry about the time. We don't have to worry about the, the agenda, who, who gets to say what, when they get to say it. And... What I've watched uh, Pastor Marlon and Michelle do is turn a culture. Um, they just turn the culture towards Jesus. And I believe that because of that, God is extending your territory. I heard this word come. Uh, Pastor Dawn is on the front row, and God is extending her territory. Yeah. You'll begin to see her minister more in 2024. And I share that with you so you understand that it's time for you to begin to trust God in ways that extend your territory. And for many of you in here, God is extending your territory. He's pushing, he's pushing you into some scary stuff. 
But that is where territory, uh, that's where your territory is. It's in the unknown. And so, you know, Marlon has been doing this for as long as I've known him. Pastor Marlon, I'm sorry. He's been doing this for a long, long time. Uh, I've been, because we've been, we've been tight since third grade. Be- literally, best friends since third grade. And Marlon doesn't know how to swim. Pastor Marlon does not know how to swim. Did y'all know that? He doesn't know how to swim. But he stays in the water with me. We, I can tell you time after time after time how he would get in the water. He, we went on a fishing trip. We're in the middle of the Atlantic, a thousand feet of water. He looks over at me. He said, this is some cool stuff. I'm like, you can't swim, homie. Stay up here. Don't go out. There. He's hanging off the side of the boat, you know. Just, just hanging, the boat's going like this, and Marlon's just out there. This is some cool stuff. I said, man, you can't swim, man. Stay in here. This one time when we was kids, we was, we was out there. Would you remember that? We, we went out in the middle of a storm in Lake Erie, and we, we put ourselves in the channels where, where the waves would crash up against us and throw us up into the air, and then we'd come falling back down. I'm like, yeah. And Marlon's down there. He can't swim, but he's holding on, and the graves crashes up in the air, and we come down. I remember another time, we, I got him on a, a raft. I know, it's just, I, y'all are like, you know what he needs to do? Stop hanging out with you. That's what he needs to do. I'm hanging out with you, and then he'd be all right. I got him on this raft, and we was out there. <laughs> And I think uh, Adrian was driving, and and he, and he just zipped him along the thing. And man, Marlon, he like his leg touched his his ear. He was like he went crashing in the water. I'm like he can't swim. Hurry! Time after time, I've seen there was a time there was a wedding, and it was a pool near, and there was a a little boy who was nobody saw it. But the little boy was drowning. And without hesitation, Pastor Marlon jumped in the water. And he can't swim. But he jumped in the water and he pushed him to the side. And then he went back. By that time, I look over. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's a wedding. You're not supposed to go swimming here. Jumps and he he goes down under the water and he pushes himself to the side. And... And I just feel like that God's going to reward that faith. That even though you can't do it, you did it anyway. Even though you couldn't in your own talent or ability do it. I mean, that's where God is so good. Like he just, he said, oh, you can't swim, uh, but, you, but you still keep getting in the water. Oh, you think it's impossible, but you, keep, you still keep trusting me. And I just want to encourage you today, the areas of your life in 2024 where you just couldn't swim in 2023, but just keep getting in the water, all right? Just keep jumping in the deep end. Just keep going there. Man, I heard God tell me the other day, you know, he, I, I, it became, I, I became real like awake when I heard this, I just heard the Lord say, I, I'm about to give you whatever you ask for. And, and like, so you got to be careful what you ask for in 2024. And, and I, feel like, I, I, feel like my da- I feel like my faith is getting real dangerous. It's getting real dangerous. And, and I, I want you to get there. I want you to get there to the place where you realize, like, God, God is going to give you things in 24 because you managed well, because you're a good steward. God's about to ex- expand your territory into realms you never dreamed possible. It's going to scare you. And I, I began to think so illogically the other day. It wasn't real illogically, but I started to like dream of these investments and uh, these opportunities that, I, that I've that stumbled into my path. And, and I really believe with all my heart in 2024, there is territory available to the church that will have the, the, the faith to just reach for it. And not, not because you feel like you're qualified, but because you're just willing to jump into the water 
and said, God, and that's what Peter did, you know. He, he got out and walked on the water, you know, and he didn't know he could, but he knew that Jesus was out there. And I, I, I'm just telling you, Jesus, we got to get away from what we know. Yeah. You know, with the, with the, the Christian faith is so predictable. And that's why it's so courageous to, to pursue presence above everything else, because presence above everything else will have you doing things that are very uncomfortable. You know, at the end there, the, the, the service lingered, and, and I, could, I could see Pastor Marlon and Pastor Dion kind of wrestling with, okay, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? Are we going to keep going, or are we going to transition into what we've known thus far? But I'm so proud to be a part of a church that would, that would test that, that would put their foot out on the water and, and actually step out into it a little bit. And, and I'm so proud to be a part of a church that would just say, we're just going to trust God for the impossible. And I know he's never done it in, in the past, but I believe he can do it. I believe you can walk on water. I believe if God calls us to it, He'll call us through it. And I'm, I'm just challenging you in 2024 to get a greater vision. Get a greater vision. You know what vision is. Vision, you got to get a vision. Vision is the, is the illustrated future that God gives you for your life. It's illustrated. It's a vision. So you can see it, but nobody else can. Vision, here's how you know it's vision. You ready? Do you have a vision? It's okay if you don't, but I'm, I'm going to challenge you that you must get one. You cannot live as a believer in this world without a vision. The Bible says we will die without it. We will perish if we don't have this. So vision is an illustrated future to the believer. And here's how you know if you've got a vision. Here's how you know. Here's how you know. A vision from God would distort your reality. Yep. A true vision from God, you won't know. You won't know if you're experiencing heaven or earth, that's a vision. Paul said, Paul said, I'm going to take you through the Bible and I'll show you. Paul said, I don't know. I don't know if it was the first heaven, the second heaven, or the third. But I was caught up in something. This is what Paul said. It was so real it was so real that it distorted time and space to where it confused me and it blended so much that I couldn't tell if I was here or if I was there. I was caught up in the middle of somewhere between two realities. You got to get a vision from God. You have to. You can't live without it. This, that stuff that will bring you through the valley of the shadow of time. This, that stuff that will make you stand up and defy all logic will bring you through. They talk about you. You won't care. They run you down. You won't care. Why? Because I got a vision, man. And I've been in the middle of heaven and earth. I've been in the middle of the blend. A prophet is, I'm going to read from you Ezekiel in a minute. But Ezekiel, he said, he said, I saw a river. I saw a river in Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel said, I saw a river. Now, I don't know if he really saw the river or if he was just imagining the river. But I can tell you that his word in Ezekiel 47 is so descriptive that you and I have a difficult time discerning whether or not he was really there or whether or not he wasn't really there. Or maybe he just got the detail from some. But you and I, it, when we read the passage, we cannot discern one from the other. And that's the blend of heaven. Yeah. 
You see, the blend of heaven, it, it, see, what God wants us to live in is this blend where, where have, you know, two colors. Here, I'm going to talk to artists right now. If you take the color blue and you start with the, the most purest color of blue from the top and you start to come down and you start from the, you start from the bottom and you take the purest color uh, yellow and you start to go up, at some point, those two colors will create something between them that's vision that's vision so what God wants to do in 2024 is he wants you to take the earth you are in right now and he wants you to begin to move upward move upward get higher in Jesus start to rise above this earth start to get up a little bit higher start moving your life up start hanging around different people start talking different start thinking different start feeling different about yourself start coming up now yeah I know you started yellow baby but I know it don't look bright but I'm telling you, I know you started yellow, but, there's, but there's, there's blue moving towards you if you just start to rise towards it. And there's going to be a blend in the middle where you lose you and you gain it. And that's where God wants you and I to get in 2024, somewhere between. Now, you got, now, now look, you ain't no use to this world if you go all the way blue. So don't you go getting religious on me. Okay? Don't you go getting, well, I'm blue and you're yellow and we can't talk. To That's what we do, right? Oh, you know, we get all religiously pompous and arrogant. Listen, in 2024, let's forfeit religious arrogance. Spiritual arrogance, right? Spiritual arrogance is the suggestion that my revelation is the supreme revelation. And, and I just want to challenge you in 2024, live, let's really do this. Let's authentically do this. Let's take the precedence of the Bible. I'm, I'm challenging you, right? If the Bible says it, do it. If the Bible don't say it, stop doing it. <laughs> you just quit doing it. Just don't do it. Stop doing all that extra stuff. You don't need to do all that. You don't be extra. Just do what it says. You said, what? Well, yo, yo, look, Pastor, the Bible was written. I, I know. I know. Yeah, thousands of years ago, 44 plus, or, or, um, 44 plus authors, 66 books, all telling the same story. I dig it. That's what makes it trustworthy. All telling the same story. So you and I, let's live by the precedence of the Bible in 2024. You know, if we got something wrong with one another, let's just go see what the Bible says. Let's just go see what the Bible says about it, okay? Let's just go see what the, oh, you mad at me? Let's just go see what the Bible says about that. Are you, are you, you fighting with your wife? Okay, okay, it's cool. Let's just see what the Bible says about that. Are you, your kids are acting crazy? Okay, 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 okay. Let's just, just see. I feel like a fool preaching the gospel some days. Because I'm like, oh, you, you didn't read the Bible? You don't know what the Bible says. Or you just want my opinion or do you just want me to agree with you? Because I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. That's right. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you that the answer is always Jesus. 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 You don't like your husband? Let's take you to the Bible. <laughs> and I'm going to take you to Jesus. You got some sin in your life? I'm going to take you to the Bible and I'm going to take you to Jesus. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not, I'm not going to condemn you. I'm going to take you to the one that frees you and liberates you. I'm not the sin police. I'm the one that's come to tell you that there is one who liberates from sin. His name is Jesus. But I've been looking for this little piece in my Bible. 
Man, I'm like the I'm like the 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 bride who swept the house for the quarter. Hold on to that for me. Don't let now I gotta go find the page in there that belongs to. So let's live by the precedence of the Bible in 2024. Let's live by the precedence of the words of Jesus, right? If it if it's if it's written in red, that's what we want. Right? Now you gotta you gotta do that because sometimes there'll be opinions in the Bible. I'm here to tell you. Paul has some opinions that Jesus didn't necessarily, I'm not going to say he disagreed with, but Jesus, the words of Jesus were slight tad different. And Paul, he, he spoke with opinion a little bit sometimes in his scripture, in his epistles. So let's always live by the words of Jesus. If Jesus said it, let's do it. Right? And then, let's live. And here's where it's going to get difficult. Let's live by the precedence of the early church. Remember I spoke of spiritual arrogance earlier? Spiritual arrogance. It's spiritually arrogant to believe that we have moved beyond the mothers and fathers of faith. It is absolutely the most arrogant thing we could do is to somehow believe that we have progressed beyond the early church. I would challenge us as the bride of Christ to return to the book of Acts and and try to do as much as we can, try to follow the pattern of the early church. This would correct so much Poor theology, such heretical teaching of our day. It would keep preachers out of Diddy's party and in their pulpit. It would teach us. It would teach us, right? It would teach us. It would teach us that our fellowship produces the presence of Jesus. And our fellowship, fellowship of light, has no fellowship with... Paul said, do not be unequally... Okay, then. So the fellowship of the saints produces the presence of Jesus. So we ought to go back to the book of Acts and say, whatever they did, let us do it as well. Let us not assume that we have progressed beyond the work of the early church. Let us, as Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 16, let us go back to the old path and seek it. Let us walk there in the old path provided for us. Jesus said, find the narrow way and walk in it. Stay out of the highway and find you that little way that leads to life that is the way the church of the living God is necessary for the time we live in and we must preserve the truth and the love of Jesus the only way to do that is to return to our foundations we must produce you see our fellowship creates Christ Bible says, wherever two or three are gathered, he comes. The fellowship, then, of the saints should never be neglected. It should never be. Because when you or I together, Jesus comes. This is why we shouldn't come out of our fellowship and go to their fellowship. Their fellowship doesn't produce Jesus. Our fellowship produces Jesus. And if we want them to have Jesus, then we must invite them. We must, we must bring them into our fellowship because our fellowship will overwhelm the darkness and permeate it and bring light to it. We ain't got no business hanging out in darkness fellowship. Now, fellowship is a covenant. I'm not telling you not to, ha- not to have love, not to care. I'm telling you not to fellowship there. I'm telling you that the early church did not fellowship there. I'm telling you their covenant was with one another, and it wasn't with, they knew they couldn't touch darkness and say, be healed. It, we, they, like, it, it's, like, it's as if to say, to touch darkness, to say, I'm going to touch, I'm not saying this about you, okay? <laughs> it's a, yeah. But it, it is to say, 
I'm a believer. Pastor Dawn is not a believer right now, okay? She's not a believer. She's just, she, she just out there, right? So we're praying for her healing. And so I said, I'm going to touch an unbeliever and come into agreement for healing. How many know that this fellowship doesn't produce the power in the presence of Jesus? But she needs the power and presence of Jesus. So I got to come over here and find me two or three that will touch and agree with me. This fellowship produces the power and the presence of Jesus. Now, if I pull her, if I can get her into this fellowship, then we can, we can, we can now exponentially increase the anointing of Jesus that's present among us. This is why, this is why our fellowship matters so much. Because as more of us gather, the exponential increase of our fellowship in Increases and produces more of the oil of Jesus, which makes his presence more potent yeah. and powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all that to say, let's, let's do what the early church did. Okay, let's go, let's go to our... Well, God bless you. All right, so let's... I'm just going to um, read the scripture. This is a scripture that, um, this is a scripture, about three months before the end of the year, I start running. And uh, you, may, you may not could tell, but I used to be able to run real fast. I could run real fast. And uh, there was this one time where I run the anchor to the four by one. And Marlon was on the turn. And, and, and so, but let me show you this. Now, when, when, when Marlon, when, when I see Marlon would hit this spot, I would start running before my spot. There was an area, there was a space to run in. So that way, when I hit the mark, I was, I was at top speed. I was at full go. And there was a handoff from what was to what is about to be, right? And so, so what would happen is I watched Mar- Marlon was super fast, by the way. He was like super fast. And he would hit that mark, and I would start to run as fast as I could, but it wasn't never fast enough. And so he would always just like, get up here, Marlon. He would, he would, I would take off running as fast as I could, and it was never fast enough, and I would just, and Marlon would be like running up on me like this, you know? <laughs> you know? And, and I'm like, just give it to me, just give it to me! You know what I mean? And he'd be running on me, I'm like, get off of me, just give me the baton! And there was a space, <laughs> there was a space, if you went beyond it, you couldn't carry beyond, you couldn't carry into what, what is about to be from what was. You had to hit that thing in the, in the transition. So there's, a, what God's doing for us now is he's, put, what I want you to do is, you got to get ready, you got to start running, you got to start running. And three months before the new year, I started running, I started running. And, and, and just before the new year came, I was at top speed. I was, I, I was running as fast as I could, which wasn't really fast. But in the spirit, I was, I was blurry, y'all. I was, I was blurry. <laughs> and I caught it. I caught the baton from the Lord. And I carried it into the new. Some of us are behind. You got to start running. In the spirit, you got to pick up the pace. You got to start running. You don't have time to just wait for it to come to you. You got to pick up the speed so when it does come to you, you're in full stride. I mean, you grab that bad boy and there's so much distance, you're just. You're gone, man. They can't catch you because Marlon turned. God is running so fast. If you'll start running, you'll outrun the enemy in 2024. But you got to pick up the pace now. you got to get ready. It's time to pick up the pace. In, 20, in 23, three months before, my wife said, she was my Marlon, you know. She was pushing up on me with this word. And is found in Ezekiel. And this was one of those words that... You can take, and it, it will be a well. It will be a well that you can reach down into and drink from 
the entire year of 24. And I want to read a lot of it to you because it's so significant. But it's Ezekiel 47. Go there. I'm just going to read the text and give you just, a, just a, the beginning of it. And, uh, and then we'll... I'm sorry that the Browns lost. I'm sorry. I know. Some of y'all are brand new Browns fans, and just let me say this to you, all right? <laughs> I was there for the drive, the fumble. You know, I was there for all of that sad stuff, you know what I mean? Just keep your hope in Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Flacco ain't Jesus. All right, he ain't playing Jesus. Ezekiel 47, verse 1. Ezekiel, he said, he brought me back to the door of the temple. You should underline door of the temple. There's a door. It's important that you know that. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. But the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing. Say the water was flowing. Mm, Yep, yep, flowing water's alive. From under the right side of the temple, south of the altar, he brought me out by the way of the north gate, led me around the outside to the outer gate that faces east, and there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Verse 4, again, he measured 1,000, and he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000, and he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a it was a river now that I could not cross for the water was too deep. The water became so deep I couldn't cross it. Water in which one must swim. I just declare in 2024, you're about to start swimming, Marlon. You're about to start swimming, Pastor Marlon. A river that could not be crossed. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and he returned me to the bank of the river. And once again, I don't know if that actually happened or he thought that happened. But what I'm telling you is he lived in the reality of it so much that he wrote down that we can't tell whether it happened or it didn't happen. And then when I returned there along the bank of the river, there were many trees on this side and on the other. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the east region. It goes down. It goes down into the valley and it enters the sea, the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea. That's the, the, the reference here is the Dead Sea. It enters the Dead Sea. It, you know it's the Dead Sea because it says this next thing. Its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. Everybody say that with me. Everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from En Gedi to En Eglim. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kind as of the great sea, exceedingly many. But its swamps, here's a, here's a, a word of caution, verse 11. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. Those who reject the river, those who despise it, disdain it, will be given over to salt. In verse 12, along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. Mm. They will bear fruit every month because their waters flow from the they went to church their fruit will be for food and their leaves will be for medicine this passage this is this is a prophetic passage to the nation the children of Israel if you go there and you go on a tour we'll be going again as soon as they open you can come with me and they will take us to the Dead Sea And they will tell you that where we stand, when you get there, is the lowest place on earth. 
And they will make reference when we pass just down the road from the Dead Sea is En Gedi. And they will make reference when you get to En Gedi. And they will say, they will quote you this whole passage. And they will tell you that, that we know that when this place, when the Dead Sea opens up and it, it begins to flow like a river and its waters are healed, we know that God is bringing, he will bring restoration. He is bringing restoration to us as a people. They know that this is a prophetic scripture towards them. I want you to know that this prophetic scripture, though it is not, has not been fulfilled, it has started. Revelation 22, I want you to see this. Revelation 22, put it up there for me. Here's what, here's what is shown to John the Revelator. When Jesus ascends the throne and he sits down beside the Father in heaven, this is what happened. A pure river of water that had life in it. A pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeded from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Ezekiel said he saw something. He saw the fulfillment before Jesus ever ascended. Ezekiel saw the flow of the river. He saw the flow of the river in the temple in Jerusalem. He saw it coming from underneath the door. Jesus is the door. Jesus says, I'm the door. There's no way to the Father except through me. And this water flows from underneath the door. The water flows from the door, from the temple. And Ezekiel said, I saw it in the temple. And here, when Jesus ascends the throne... The river is released. Ezekiel said, I saw the river beginning to flow. And as it, the river began to, to flow, it, its banks began to swell. And it, it, at first, it reached the ankles. And then it came up to my knees. Then I saw it going to my waist. And then it was so strong. And it was so, there was so much of the river flowing that you couldn't even stand there any longer. It was so powerful that you must swim in it now. And if you were to get in it, it would sweep you up and it would take you away. This is what Ezekiel saw. And when Jesus ascends, when he ascended some 2,000 years ago, he released the river. He released this flow of his presence to his people. To his people. And he said, now, the flow of my presence, will, it has, a, it has a, a progression. It should have a progression in the believer's life. It should start, and then it should grow, and then it should grow, and then it should grow until it overwhelms you and sweeps you up and takes you away. It shouldn't, look, what Ezekiel saw increased in progression. It never stayed the same. How's your relationship with Jesus? And what I want to encourage you to do in 2024 is Stop settling for the faucet when Jesus promised you a river. Stop, stop being okay with wet feet. This much presence of Jesus. And start, start desiring the river, to begin to flow to where it increases and increases. This is, this is the law of the flow of the river of God. The, the river of God that is being referenced here is the presence of Jesus to the life of the believer. And he's saying, my presence should increase in your life, and it should never just remain stagnant in your life. 
It should never remain still in your life, but my presence should overwhelm your life, should sweep through your life, washing away the reproach and the shame and the condemnation, never leaving you, never allowing you to sit in the stagnation of what used to be or what failed or mistakes you made. No, the river of God, the presence of Jesus is a washing presence of Jesus. It moves through the life of the believer and carries the believer to deeper things. I want you to know this. Just because you're not living in the fullness of it, it doesn't mean it's not on its way. You need to know that. Because indefinitely, you know, no doubt, right? The heart becomes sick. When you lose hope, the heart becomes sick. Because you hold on to hope for so long, and and you begin to wonder, is it ever going to happen? Now, I want you to know that that's the challenge. That's the challenge to the life of the believer. But you mustn't let go of the fact that Jesus, Jesus sat down. And when Jesus sat down next to the Father, he released the river. And just because you're not swimming in it in the fullness of it yet does not mean it's not on its way. So the next time the enemy comes to you and he tries to discourage you and say, it's never going to happen. Look at, look at yesterday. Look at what's always been. It's always going to be this way. It's never going to change. You can just say, I'm not moving from this river. I'm going to stay planted in this river. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to start walking up the river. I'm going to start looking for the depth of God. I'm going to start looking for more of the presence of God until, until I get up to my knees. And then when I get up to my knees, I'm not going to be satisfied then. I'm going to go even further with Jesus until it's up to my waist and and now I'm going to challenge myself some more and I'm going to ask God to take me into even deeper waters but let me let me just tell you deeper waters are scary deeper waters are not comfortable waters Deeper waters will bring challenges and they will bring circumstances with them. They will bring the enemy will will try to convince you that the deeper waters are not worth it. And the temptation to the believer is this. The temptation to the believer is this. Drink. Drink from the hose of the world. Now, some of y'all don't know what that means. But when I was a kid, they threw us in the backyard with a banana, and they wouldn't let us in. So when we got thirsty, we had to go turn on the hose. And, and we would turn the hose on, and we would drink water from the hose. And you can taste that right now, can't you? You can smell it, can't you? You can smell it. You can feel, you can feel the hose in your hand, the way it feels and just the way it smel- smells like that. It smells like a hose. I don't know what the other way to put it, but that smells like a hose, man. And, you, and you're drinking this hose water when God promised you as a believer rivers of living water. When you get thirsty, be careful where you drink from. You're going to get thirsty. Pastor Marlon shared the scripture. He said, he who believes me, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. I used to go to Haiti a lot. Every time we'd go, we'd walk up this mountain. It's a two-hour hike, but we walk along. Yeah, 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 I remember. And we would walk along the riverbank. And this little river would run through it, right? And, and we would tell all the rooks, you know, we'd tell them, like, look, you've got to get a water bottle. Don't drink all your water. It's hot. You're going to get thirsty. Don't drink all your water. Now, when we get to the top, we'll be able to fill these water bottles up. It's at the top of the mountain. At the source of the mountain, at the top, there is a river that runs out of the ground. But do not, and I tell you, do not, if you run out of water, don't you drink from that river. Had a friend with me. His name was Jeff. Jeff went a couple times. We was halfway up. Jeff ran out of water. We're walking right beside the river, and Jeff said, let's just drink some of this. I said, don't you drink that water, Jeff. He said, I'm thirsty. I said, Jeff, don't drink that water. 
And then I kept looking at him. He kept looking at the water. I said, Jeff, don't drink that water. We keep walking. I turned around. There Jeff was, right in the middle. He was down in the river. He was down. <laughs> drinking the water. He said, it's good, Troy. You should have some. I said, you fixing to find out, son. 24 hours from now, you're going to be in pain. 24 hours from there, man, he was on that toilet. He was, oh, he was in bad shape. When you're thirsty, the enemy will, he will tempt you with waters from this world. He will, he'll tempt you. But I want to caution you in 2024, Jesus is the source of life. Don't go looking for life in sources that look good, that refresh for a moment, but leave you sick. See, these sources from the world, the hose in the backyard, the faucet, it looks good. But have you, I, I worked for the water department in, in the city of Lorraine for a while, and I saw what was in the middle of those water pipes. Don't drink from, the, from, the, from your faucet. Don't do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. There was some stuff in there. Mm. Every time I cut one out, you know, it'd break. I had to go down there and cut one out. I look, look. I go home never in my life. I, would, I barely could take a shower and it was so disgusting. There's like this white, yeah, you want to know? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. There's white pussy stuff on the inside of your water line. Yeah. You don't drink from it. Think of that. Think of that the next time. You want to give up. You want to lose hope. And you want to run away. And you want to give up and you want to quit. And you say, forget it. I'm just going to go do this other thing. I'm going I'm to I'm go sleep with Hagar, you know, to fulfill the promise of God. I'm going to go I'm gonna get me a, a, a second promise from God that it's illegitimate. I'm going to get an illegitimate promise from God. Let me just go ahead and just for, form my own promise from God and make my own way in this world. When you're tempted to drink from the source of this world, be aware. The enemy is presenting you. He just wants to steal from you. He just wants to kill. He just wants to destroy. So in 2024, make this pledge. Look, make this covenant. I will not drink from the faucet of this world when God has promised me a river. I will not settle for anything less than the presence of Jesus in my life. I won't go running to this pleasure or that pleasure. I won't go running to the world to look to fulfill what, that which only Christ can do. I won't go look into my husband. I won't go look into my wife to fulfill it because only Jesus can fulfill it. I won't go looking for a bottle or a drug or a pill. I, can, I know that he is the source and if I could just climb, keep climbing to the top of the mountain I can find the source of living water Water. His name is Jesus, and I'm not going to quit until I get the source running into my life. I'm not going to give up. And then second, and I'll close with this. Look, you got to keep the door open in 24. you got to open up the door. It says in the opening passage of, of Ezekiel that from under the door, the water flows. It flows from under the door. Jesus is the door. Now, for many of us, for many of us, you know, we, we consistently... Open the door, close the door. Open the door, close the door. You know, some days we're in, some weeks we're in. Man, some weeks we're out. Some weeks we close the door. But if, we, if you're going to live in the flow of heaven, because life comes where the flow goes. But if you keep closing and opening the door, you keep cutting off the flow of the presence of God. You don't give the flow enough, uh, enough time to build up enough momentum to begin to move towards you. You see, if you keep closing the door of faith, if you keep closing the door on Jesus, you keep closing the river that God's trying to flow to you so you keep breaking it up my house about two years ago I went outside and I turned off the hose and I heard this big clunk and I thought that was weird it was a weird it felt like the pipes jarred so I walked in the house and just looked around it was weird and then it was a Saturday afternoon October it was sunny so I went and I sat and just drinking coffee there just staring at the sun because this is disgusting and just drinking it just sitting in the sun and my alarm starts going off in the house 
walk in the house, there is a river of water running down the stairs. It's running through every light socket in the house. I'm telling you, it's just a river coming over the, the, the balcony, you know, I, and it's just coming over, man. It's just falling. Like, what is going on? So I assume the, it, the source is upstairs. I run upstairs. Jeremiah, you know, my son, he just kind of opens his door like, he was like half asleep. He's like, what's going on? Oh, what's going on? River, this water starts running. And, and, and you ever watch some cartoons where the house fills up with water? I couldn't open the bathroom door. There was so much water in the bathroom. It had built up. The flow was so strong. It had built up to like 8 to 10 inches. I took the door and I shoved it in. As I did that, the water went up against the wall like, like, like a tidal wave and just come back at me. And almost swept me off my feet. Ran down, the, ran down the stairs. So much water. As I opened the door, the water increased. And the water just flowed through the house. At that point, I thought... You know, look, I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, huh. this is, everything's destroyed. My cabinet's gone. Just everything's just drywall, just all the electrical, everything just shot. And at that point, you're thinking, oh, man, the river, this river that's flowing through here is just doing damage. And it's going to feel like that a lot. You know, when Jesus first starts... When he first, when he, when he first hits you, and he starts washing away a bunch of stuff, you know. He starts getting rid of. There's some stuff that starts. There's some, there's some dirt that been on there for like years. You know what I mean? You didn't even know it was dirt. You thought that was the color. <laughs> oh, that was a mold. No, man, that was dirt. There's stuff that gets on us, and it's been on us for so long. It's, the water can't reach us because we keep shutting the door. In the kingdom, look, in 2024, in the kingdom, we got we collectively have to open the door. And whatever you do, if you gotta, if you gotta take a rope, and you gotta tie that door open, man. If you gotta make a, if you gotta make a covenant with somebody and say, man, don't you dare let me shut the door. You gotta get you around some people to say, I won't let you shut the door. I don't care. I don't care where you go, Papa. I won't let you shut the door, man. You won't shut the door. I won't. I'm going to come to your house and bang on in the middle of the night. Kick it open, man. Come on, leave Jesus. You got to open the door to Jesus. Because you keep closing that door. And every time you close that door, you close the flow. And the Bible says in Ezekiel, wherever the river flowed, it brings life. He said, how come, how come, God, I've been waiting for this to happen for so long in my life. How come, how come, God, how come I'm not here? How come my kids, how come of this and how come of that? God said, you keep closing the door. One week you're in, one week you're out. One week you're in, one week you're out. One week you're at the club, next week you're at the church. One week you're in faith, next week you're out of faith. One week you're happy, next week you're, ha you're not happy. Listen, Circumstances, they're going to change. They're going to challenge you. Here's the lie. Here's the lie. Joy is central to the believer's faith. Circumstances are peripheral. But if you think that, if you put circumstances as the focus and joy as the peripheral, you will be miserable your whole Christian walk. You've got to understand that. It's going to rain on us just like it rains on them. It's going to come to us just like it comes to them. It's going to get hard for me just like it gets hard for them. They're going to talk about me just like they talk about them. It's going to get, you know, we're going to have, we're going to fight just like they fight. But you know what the one thing is? You know what the constant for us as believers is? Is that that is not our focus. That is our peripheral. Jesus is our joy. And because Jesus is my joy, I can withstand any word. I can walk through any fire. I can go through any circumstance. It doesn't matter what the doctors say, what the attorneys say, what the president say. It don't matter what you say, what my mama say, what my grandma say. It don't matter what nobody says because I got Jesus. Jesus is my focus. In 2024, 
He can't be your focus if you just keep closing the door on him. He said that water flows from the door. Jesus is the door. Come on, stand your feet as we close. Jesus is the door. I got this prayer. I want you to begin to pray in 2024. Let's pray it. Come on together, let's pray. They're going to put that up. It's at the end there. And as we close, come on, just, just let's read this together. Jesus, you are my only source of life. I will not drink from any other false fountain. You are my living water, and I will fully surrender my will in 2024 until I'm swimming in the river of your presence. I'm committed to deeper intimacy with you, and I want to be completely immersed in your love in the new year. My goal is to remain in your river until my roots are deeper and my life bears fruit from your Holy Spirit. I give you permission to flow into my low spots and turn my weakness into strength. I ask for you to bring me deep conviction when I wander away from the river of your presence. Bring me back to you when my heart drifts and my love turns lukewarm. I choose you as the source of my life in 2024. In Jesus' name, amen. As I close. You see, rivers flow. They flow down. They flow down. And the the prophecy says that there's going to be a river that starts in Jerusalem. And it's going to flow. It's going to come out. It's going to hang a right. It's going to flow. It's going to hang out. It's going to hang a right. It's going to go down through Death Valley. That thing that that David prayed, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the river of God's going to run through that. And it's going to keep going until it gets down to the Dead Sea, which is the lowest place on earth. Literally, lowest place on earth. And when it gets there, it's going to turn into life. And so right now with me, I just want you to take, take your low your low place. Just, just give Jesus permission to run into your low place. Yeah, just lift your hands like this. Say, Jesus, fill up my low place. Yeah. My impossible sickness, bitter, offended, angry, frustrated, disappointed, broken, lost, fill every low place in my life. Let the river of God flow to my children, my marriage, my friends, my family, my community, my church. Wash through the low places of my thinking my belief in Jesus name every head bowed every eye closed you're here today you've never given your heart to Christ you've never repented of your sin and surrendered your life to Christ I want you to pray this prayer with me and I want you to understand that you will live forever you will live forever you will will either live forever born again blood bought going to heaven, bringing heaven in eternity with the Father or you will spend your eternity separated from him in a hell that is never quenched and does not stop burning but you will live forever there's only two choices you walk out those doors one of those two ways and and no decision is a decision you're here today you want to give your life to Christ pray this prayer with me Jesus I repent. I repent of my sin. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, I give my life to you. I surrender fully my life, every part of it to you, my thoughts, my heart, every part I surrender to you. 
I ask you now to take the sin that's tangled me up and tripped me and give me your righteousness. I surrender my life and I receive the new life that is found in you. All things are new now. (laughs) Everything's new again. You're brand new. You're a brand new creature. You're brand new. Take my life now. Change this world. May your presence be undeniable in my life. I give it to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Can you put your hands together for Jesus and celebrate with Well, as we, as we close today, I want to say thank you for being a part of our Sunday morning celebration. It is always an honor to be out here in Wycliffe with you. I wish I could be here more. I love you. I'm praying for you. If you need prayer, we want to pray for you. Some of our altar ministers will be up here. We bless you. We love you. God bless you. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. God bless you.